0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Hey there, welcome to The tent. I'm your host, Scott Bellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. You know, in the botanical-style aquarium world, our work is largely predicated on the complementary work that nature does. She's our ally, our partner. The idea that an aquarium filled with leaves, twigs, and other botanical materials is not some sort of alternative to our standard practice, it is our standard practice, is really important here. One of the questions that we receive all the time is, how much stuff should I add to my tank? Is there such a thing as too much? Well, that's a really good question. Keep in mind that this question, typically, in the context of today's piece, is in regards to converting an existing aquarium to the style one. If you're starting from scratch without fishes or an established tank, you can do things a bit differently, as we've mentioned many times before. Now I think this whole thing starts with the understanding how to develop a cadence for your tank. You're like, huh? What's a cadence? Well, a cadence is defined as the flow or rhythm of events, especially the pattern in which something is experienced. Now, remember. Anything that you add to your aquarium, woods, sand, botanicals, and of course livestock, is part of the bio-load. And as such, it'll impact the function and environment of your aquarium. It's about understanding a balance, a quantity, a cadence for adding stuff, so that the closed you know, environment of your aquarium can assimilate the new materials, and the bacteria, fungi, and other organisms which serve to break them down can adjust. Adding botanicals to your tank is just as much about how fast is it about how much to add? Rapid dramatic environmental shifts are never a good thing for any type of aquarium. And a system like we run with lots of organic material present is just as susceptible to insults from big moves as any other, perhaps even more. You certainly can wipe out your aquarium by going too fast and too hard. I've seen it before. In fact, Typically the only problems that our customers have reported over the years were when using botanicals uh, and violating nature's speed limit, adding too many botanicals to an established aquarium in too short a length of time. It's a recipe for trouble or worse. Again, the idea here is that cadence and understanding the material that we add to our aquariums needs to be added and replaced in a pace that made sense for your aquarium system is really important. Those of us who've been maintaining these types of tanks for some time now really get this and have a good feel for how our tanks run in this fashion. And if you're new to this game, you'll, you will too after a while. But you need to deploy patience. Patience. The most single important thing that you need to for a successful aquarium, well, except maybe cash, is and the thing that we celebrate the least in the hobby, in my opinion, is patience. And we should celebrate it a lot more. Because you really can't skip the process There's no plug-and-play formula to follow in the botanical-style aquarium world, only procedure, only recommendations for how to approach things. We sound a bit like the proverbial broken record. However, like so many things in the aquarium keeping, our best practices are few, simple, and need to be repeated until they simply become habit. So if any best practices we have would be stuff like prepare the botanicals prior to adding them to your aquarium. Add the botanical materials slowly and gradually and assess the impact on your aquarium environment and its inhabitants. Uh, and then either you know remove botanical materials as they break down, if that's your aesthetic preference, or replace them when they reach a point where they're no longer providing the aesthetic and environmental conditions that you desire. It's pretty logical stuff, right? But those are probably some fundamental rules that we adhere to. If you've noticed, the first practice that I mentioned is simply logical. You need to employ it. If there were ever a hard and fast rule of botanical style aquariums, this would be it. We've covered preparation so many times that it probably needs a little repeating. The second one is about the cadence, the secret, if you will, which sort of sets up everything else. By observing and assessing, you'll get a real feel for how botanicals work in your aquarium, what impact they are having on your fishes and the environment as a whole. And the third one is the real finesse part of the equation, the nuance, the subtle yet noticeable adjustments and corrections we make to keep things moving along nominally, sort of like pruning in a planted tank or weeding a garden. It's a process. The idea of process, cadence, observation, and timing is not something unique to botanical-style aquariums, of course, nor is it sort of a recommendation. Rather, it's foundational. In fact, the entire experience of a botanical-style aquarium boils down to process and a pace that helps foster the gradual yet inexorable evolution of the aquarium. And let there be no doubt, a botanical-style aquarium does evolve over time, regularly and steadily changing and progressing. As we've mentioned before, it might be the perfect expression of the Japanese concept of wabi-sabi, popularized by Takashi Amano, which is the acceptance of transience and imperfection in all things. It's a dance. It's a story. And it's all held together by you, the aquarist, applying as much emotion as you do procedure, all done at the proper time, at the right cadence. Of course, when you start adding botanical materials to your aquarium, not only are you sort of buying into a different approach of aquarium keeping, you're signing up to accept a completely different look than we're traditionally accustomed to. Yeah, we're opting into techniques which are somewhat contrary to what you've likely learned and embraced before in the hobby you're accepting an aesthetic which deviates strongly from the traditional aquarium look that we've been accustomed to for generations. And it doesn't stop with the looks of the tank. That's just the most obvious thing you see right off the bat. It starts with the way we look at nature. Once we visit a natural habitat or look at a photo or video of a natural underwater habitat where tropical fishes live in, and remove our hobby contrived preconceptions of what it should look like from the equation and simply observe it as it is, we have to ask ourselves if this is how we want our tank to be. That's the first mental shift we have to make. Like, can you handle this stuff? It's the ultimate essence of our philosophy, a way of capturing aspects of nature in our aquarium in a manner that accepts it as is, rather than how we want it to be. And if we say yes to the question, tick that box, we need to ask ourselves if we're okay accepting the other unorthodox thinking and practices that are required of us to get an aquarium to that place you know, like adding seed pods, leaves, soils, etc. to an aquarium in an effort to capture the form and the function of these natural habitats. To adapt a philosophy that says it's time to take inspiration from the reality of nature, not just its essence. Accepting the appearance of biofilms, murky water, algae, and decomposing botanical materials, and that these things occur in your aquariums too, and can be managed to take advantage of their benefits. You know, Uh, supplemental food sources, nurseries for fry, and as interesting little ways to impart beneficial humic substances and dissolved organics into the water. Realizing that the very act of adding natural botanical materials like seed pods and leaves and so forth fosters the development of biofilms, less than crystal clear water and detritus. And that this is what you actually want. It's another mental shift we have to make. Understanding once and for all and accepting that things are not aesthetically perfect in nature. And, you know, in the sense of being neat and orderly from a design aspect, understanding that, yeah, in nature you have branches, rocks, and botanical materials scattered around on the bottom of streams in a seemingly random disorderly pattern. Or are they? Could it be that the current, the weather events, and the processes of physical decomposition distribute materials the way they do for a reason? Yeah. Now, circling back to the question of if it's possible to add too much stuff, too much botanicals to your aquarium. Let's get to that. Obviously, the question here is, how much stuff do I start with? And of course, my answer is, I have no idea. Yes, I know, it's a shocker, right? But I realize it's the least satisfying, probably the least helpful answer I can give you for the equation. Or or is it? I mean, taking into account all the possible variables, ranging from the type of water you're starting with to what kind of substrate material you're using, it would be a shot in the dark at best. The best advice is to adapt a more generalized mantra, and it's this, consider the environmental impact of the stuff you add to your established aquarium. My advice is to start conservatively small with little quantities of things added, like maybe, I don't know, like a half a dozen leaves for every 15 gallons or something of water and a corresponding amount of seed pods, etc. If you're using water with little to no carbonate hardness, well, then we all know that the, it, you could see a potential decrease in pH when you're adding some of these things, like botanicals and leaves, because the water is more malleable. At first, you might not even notice any difference, or you might see a 0.2 reduction in pH or something like that, but you have to test. And I recommend a digital pH meter for best accuracy. Yes, it's expensive, and it's easier to use in tinted water than the, the drop-type you know type titration test kits. But again if you're going to be serious about this stuff i'm going to tell you what i would use i would use uh, digital digital equipment and in, in general whenever it's possible it's good stuff and it's important and it'll give you some better information for your tanks if you're getting the sort of feeling that this is hardly a scientific highly choreographed one-size-fits-all process you're totally right it's really a matter of as the great aquarist author in the reef world john tulloch once said testing and tweaking in other words See what the hell is going on before making any adjustments. Logical and time-tested aquarium procedure for any type of tank. And you have to consider the biological impact of these additions on your aquarium. Adding too much botanical material to your tank too quickly could overwhelm the existing bacterial populations in your aquarium and their ability to handle organics. This could result in an ammonia or nitrite spike. Now, there's some good news here amidst all this caution stuff. Pretty much anything that we add to the aquarium contains some biological material, i.e. bacteria, fungal, or algal spores, etc., right? And when they hit the water, it begins a process of growth, renewal, colonization, and proliferation that won't stop. These processes are so beneficial and important to our systems. When we have these materials in place, the microbial or microfaunal ecosystem begins to ignite, sort of, and grow. I like that word, ignite. We often talk about the large influx of nutrients, and you say that in air quotes, present in a new aquarium because there's a lot of them, and immature nutrient export systems in place to handle them. I mean, the tank plays a sort of biological catch-up during this time as the bacterial and fungal growths proliferate among the abundant nutrients. We might rely a bit more on mechanical and chemical filtration during this period of time. However, ultimately, these natural nutrient export mechanisms will take over, they'll kick in, and they will do it really well. It just takes time. And a mindset where you're not totally obsessed with removing every bit of dirt or material which looks offensive to you. Allowing the nitrogen cycle to really establish itself and for natural processes to develop will really set the tone for our botanical style aquariums. We shouldn't let some of these initial visual cues like cloudiness, biofilms, decomposition, etc., compel us to whip out the siphon hose and remove every bit of the offensive looking material from our tanks. Otherwise, we end up working against the very processes that we're trying to foster in a botanical style aquarium. I recall very vividly, and this is only, gosh, a few months ago, somebody emailed me and she was very, very angry. She had ordered you know, a substantial amount of botanicals for her system, said she was a big fan, was real excited. And um, apparently, she she didn't read our information. And what she did, she added this, all the botanicals to her aquarium, perhaps all at once. I, I can't tell because I wasn't given that information, but. She said, all this stuff is turning into a big pile of goo. I spent a hundred dollars on goo and think my leaves are breaking apart and it's a big mess and you should be ashamed to sell this stuff and all this all horrible stuff. And I'm like, okay, I know what's going on here. And I I asked her if she had read the information and of course no response. And it was clearly obvious from that. And uh, one subsequent email that she had sent and where I had again told her that this is perfectly normal and natural, that she just didn't get this. It's important to understand what we're doing. And when you understand it, you know what you're getting into, it all makes sense. Maybe this isn't for you and that's okay. Understanding it is important. And then knowing that it takes patience, understanding, observation, and a vision. And we as a community are patient and we're determined. And we understand that a botanical style aquarium truly must evolve and take time to begin to blossom into a functioning little ecosystem. And we can enjoy each and every stage of the startup process for what it is—an analog to the processes which occur in the natural habitats we want so badly to emulate. I think one mental, one of the mental games I've always played with myself when I'm starting a botanical style aquarium is to draw parallels between what I'm doing to prepare my tank and what actually happens in nature. Kind of goes something like this: a tree falls in the dry forest. I know, if I'm talking about trees again, but yeah, here we go. Okay, so wind and gravity determine its initial resting place. That's like the analogy there is you're playing around with the positioning of your wood until you get them where you want, right? And in a position that holds. Little rain falls, we start spraying down our hardscape, which moistens the dry materials that are found in the substrate. Next, other materials such as leaves and perhaps a few rocks become entrapped around the fallen tree or its branches. You know, we set a few anchor pieces of hardscaping material into the tank. Detritus settles, you know, that damn sediment you get in newly set up tanks. And the heavier rain comes, streams overflow, and the once dry forest floor becomes inundated. That's when we fill the aquarium with water. Okay, the action of water and rain helps set the final position of all this stuff, the trees and the branches, and wash more materials into the area influenced by the tree. You know, we place a little bit more botanicals and rocks and stuff into place. The area settles a bit with occasional influxes of water from more rainfall. We make water chemistry tweaks and maybe a top-off or two as needed. Fungi and bacteria and insects begin to act upon the wood and botanicals which have collected in the water. Kind of like what happens in our tanks, right? Yeah, biofilms are beautiful. (laughs) Gradually, the first fishes begin to follow the food and populate the area. You know, we're adding our first fishes into the tank based on our stocking plan. It continues on from there. Get the picture? Sure, I can go on and on attempting to painfully draw parallels to every little nuance of tank startup and evolution and how, it, how nature does the same. But I think you know where I'm going with this stuff. And the thing that we must employ at every step of the, of the way is patience. An appreciation for each and every step in the process and how it'll influence the overall tempo and ultimate success of the aquarium that we're creating. When we take the view that we're not just creating an aquatic display, but a habitat for a variety of aquatic life forms, we tend to look at it as much more of an evolving process than a step-by-step procedure for getting somewhere. We need to stop looking for shortcuts and cheap ways to do everything in this hobby. Now, I'm not just saying spend tons of money and do everything the hard way. I am saying that we occasionally have to do things in a more roundabout, more costly way, simply because there are some, these are sometimes the best ways to do it. We need to always place the welfare of our animals ahead of our desire to get what we want as quickly and inexpensively as possible. We must always, always preach patience. We need to continue to demonstrate and discuss that these types of aquariums are the result of embracing patience and process diligence and self-education. So go slowly, don't add too much, of, too much stuff to your established aquarium too quickly. Too much is likely too much. <laughs> stay patient, stay cautious, stay observant, stay determined, stay curious, stay grounded, and always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Feldman from Tannin Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me. I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of the Ten.